Let's not pretend that the game doesn't matter. Let's not pretend that there isn't something really significant, if intangibly so, that's on the line. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. It'll be Steelers versus Raiders. 8 o'clock tomorrow night at Akershire Stadium. Everyone's being asked, obviously, to show up early. Make sure you don't miss any of the festivities. Make sure you're in your seats. Find a way to be in your seats at halftime as well. There will still be a ceremony. There will still be luminaries. There will be a lot of emotional fare that you won't want to miss. Oh, also, there will be a kickoff, and there will be the current Steelers versus the current Las Vegas-based Raiders. And while the game, you know, in the standings, obviously isn't going to amount to much, Steelers being 6-8, and eight, I don't care what the Raiders are, they're not very good, there will be something bigger at play. And I hope not to make this sound excessively sappy about a football game that won't move the needle for anybody. Otherwise, and that's this. Do you remember what happened last season in Minneapolis when the Vikings and Dalvin Cook trampled the Steelers' defense, embarrassed the Steelers' defense to the tune of 245 yards on the ground where every handoff was just all kinds of running room, just automatic 30-yard, 40-yard gains? Do you remember who called them out? Yeah, that's right. It was Mean Joe Green. And do you remember the reaction from the Steelers? It's it's one thing to say, you know, in an on an almost formal way, oh, that really upsets us that Mean Joe Green said these things and whatever else. Uh-uh. No. They weren't just giving lines. They were getting destroyed because Mean Joe Green, who never says anything of the kind blasted them publicly in a Minnesota radio interview. Mike Tomlin could have run from it. He could have given that standard line about how, you know, when he's been criticized by, let's say, uh, Bill Cower or Ryan Clark or the the goofiness with Antonio Brown, he could say, uh, you know, I respect those guys. I appreciate that, but they're not in the building anymore. Can't say that about me and Joe Green. And he didn't. He addressed it head on. And the reason that he did that is because that link can't be severed. There's a lot of things that a person who is the head coach of the Steelers, and of course, there have only been three of those since 1969, can do. They are, they are powerful people. There's not a call in the building that they don't have some kind of say in. Except this one. <laughs> They're not in a position to sever the link with Mean Joe Green and the greats, the truly great players from the past. Well, it's safe to say Mr. Harris qualifies as one of those. Our friends and partners at the law firm of Lawrence, Garbett, Kelly, and George, in lieu of the usual advertisement that I read at this portion of the show every day, have asked instead that I share the following LGKG 
would like to extend its condolences to the family of Franco Harris. Franco was not only a great football player, but he was a wonderful man who will be greatly missed by the Pittsburgh community. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Yesterday after practice, Kenny Pickett had the following to say as it relates to the Steelers' mindset entering this game as related to Mr. Harris. We had a team meeting. We talked about it for a good amount of time. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he would want us to be, to be focused and, and, and go, out, go out to practice and practice hard and, and go get the win you know, on Saturday. Uh, so we're definitely playing for him you know, this week. That, too, is not just a line. That's not exactly Kenny's personality. It's definitely not Mike Tomlin's personality. And Tomlin made a very, very similar point the previous day where he said what we're looking to do there is to honor him. What he's not going to say is the opposite of that. He's not going to say how awful and embarrassing a lousy effort would be, emphasizing the word effort. I feel like you can must go and deal with losing the game. You know, Derek Carr, the last time he was playing in this particular stadium, uh, picked them apart. He, he was just a, a one-man destruction machine. If something like that happens, if Carr and Devontae Adams beat you, whatever, you tip your cap, you move on, and and that's that. It'll still be tough, but it would be nothing like having a letdown due effort. I think you're going to see from the home team an extraordinary effort. Again, doesn't mean they're going to be great. They've very seldom been great this season. But I wouldn't want to be the Raiders walking into this situation, regardless of how much anything might or might not mean to them. It's difficult to face a team that's playing with a natural emotional circumstance. Oh, and there's also this, and I really don't want to leave this out today. Occasionally when something like this will happen, where a great player or a prominent figure from the past uh, passes away and there's you know, a fair amount of acknowledgement, recognition, ceremony attached to it, the players just kind of go along for the ride. And I don't even mean that in a disrespectful way. I just mean that that's just normal. They're younger guys. They don't even, they never saw these people play or anything like that. This is different. Mr. Harris was there. He was in the building. He got to know players. You saw the tributes that went out on social media this week from Pat Fryermuth. They were personal. He spoke not only of Mr. Harris announcing his name at the draft, but also their mutual connection to Penn State, but also conversations that were had. They just jointly participated in an event within the past two weeks. Najee Harris spoke of several conversations they'd had just recently as it related to being, you know, a running back. He was around. He was around. A lot of them lost. A friend, not just the younger guys, although that leaps at me a little bit more, but Cam Hayward, for as much 
work as as Cam does in the community, and it's beyond anyone's imagination how much it is. He ran into Mr. Harris here, there, and everywhere because Mr. Harris was doing a lot of the same things. They've got something to play for, and that could end up being a big, big part of what's sure to be an extraordinary, and I use the term literally, evening. When we come back, J1Q. It's time for just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's J1Q comes from Rich, who writes, DK, this is all very sad. I know we all have to go at some point and leave the folks that we care about with memories about our times together. I'm thinking about this, the timing of this, and what's shocking because of the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Not only was it the anniversary, but it was the 50th, which in many celebratory circles is a milestone. Humor me for a second. Maybe just as amazing as that play was, it was the timing of it, just like this, the timing of his passing. What did these events do, both of them? They brought people together, and maybe that transcends everything, togetherness. RIP to number 32. Rich, I I appreciate this um, a lot. I appreciate the extensive and voluminous notes that were like yours and yet not. Some were personal experiences. Some were just, I remember where I was when I read about it in the paper or heard it on the radio. A lot of references to the radio broadcast, by the way. Because in what's unthinkable... Now, but wasn't then, the game wasn't a sellout at Three River Stadium, and thus it was blacked out locally. As Mr. Harris himself would uh, coyly point out over the years, it was nice that we changed that, meaning <laughs> getting sellouts from that point onward. But I, I want to share with you specifically another theme that came across, sometimes outright and sometimes just kind of beneath the surface. And that's that a lot of people expressed feeling like they lost a big part of their childhood. Now, I was really, really young in the year of the Immaculate Reception. I, was, I wasn't even six. Yeah, I just turned six. And that was, I think, about it. And... I mean, as much as you tell yourself, oh, I remember what those teams were like and whatever. No, you don't. You really don't. But for that generation that's older, yeah, those those were the guys that you 
you know, you, you fell in love with uh, collectively, individually, institutionally. And that's a big part of what's made the Steelers what they are today. The people that you hear from uh, worldwide who watched those teams, who appreciated the way they played, the way they succeeded and fell in love with the brand without even being able to locate the city of Pittsburgh on a map. It might or might not be true that the things that are the hardest to let go of are childhood things or childhood memories. Uh, When we lose a relative, we're almost always attached first and foremost to something that we experienced with them as a child. Why? I don't know. Our brain space is a lot more free. Our thinking is a lot more free. Our ability to experience passion is a lot more free and loose and unrestricted. So that's that's who we are and who we continue to be. Even after we move from a city, we still are connected to a team, to a set of colors, to players, to memories, to childhood memories. And you're right, Rich, to lose Mr. Harris on this week when so many people had been building up anticipation for a long time now towards celebrating this literally golden anniversary and the additional sadness that comes with it, the shock that comes with it being this week of all weeks. Yeah, this is the uh, this was the imperfect storm. But today's that date. Today is the 23rd of December. We've celebrated it every year for 49 years. The 50th will be a little bit different, but it also can be something truly, truly special between today and particularly tomorrow night over at the stadium. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers and also maybe this week more than any other for the extensive feedback that came. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of you. That's not a line. That's authentic. You have made this show what it's become online. I'm appreciative of that every single day. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to your family, to your friends. Give everyone a hug. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the day. Let's do this again Monday morning, okay? 